Hey everyone, my name is Sarah Austin, and this is the Meet Your Neighbor podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to explore the lives of everyday people and what it is they do for a profession. Along the way, we might discuss pop culture, music, sports, fashion, maybe even politics. But the goal is to really learn more about your neighbor and what it is they do for a living. Hopefully, while listening, you learn something new and maybe even get inspired to do something that you've always been passionate about. Thanks in advance for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Meet Your Neighbor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Austin, and today I have another special guest. Um, I think this guy is the best tattoo artist, or if not the best, one of the best I've ever seen, and I can vouch for it because he's done all of my tattoos. Uh, but in addition to being uh, an amazing artist, um, he's also just a great all-around guy, but I'd like to give a warm welcome to Ken Kyle. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for uh, taking time out of your day uh, to to chat with me. Um, I definitely want to get into um, the tattoo business and you know how it all works. Sure. But before we do that, yeah. um, can you talk a little bit about how you got into tattooing? Um, I always um, I want to do something with art always since I was in kindergarten. Uh-huh. I think I just was always drawing. And uh, for a long time, I wanted to be a Disney animator. That was like my dream. Okay. Because so, I watched all the Disney, The Lion King, all that stuff I grew up watching. So, And then uh, I think in middle school, I started tracing comic books and stuff, Venom and Carnage. and I love Venom. X-Men, the, the 90s X-Men cartoon, the 90s Batman cartoon, like watching all those and, and redrawing those, like recreating those as best I could. Yeah. My mom still has a whole... Uh, ton of, of box of drawings that I would give her like dinosaurs or any, just anything she would save everything but I was just every day I, would, I was drawing so I don't, th- I don't know if it was I don't think it just came naturally but I just think I have a lot of practice and yeah. I, for some reason I started doing it every day and I just never stopped so tattooing wasn't really I mean until I became like a, a late teen it wasn't really something that I caught my eye or anything and yeah. uh I think I had started drawing some tattoos for friends and they were taking them to people and getting tattooed uh, the stuff that I'd drawn um, and actually you know Gritty, yeah. James yep. um, we were friends before either of us were tattooing oh wow I didn't know that um, we were we were good friends before that and he used to get tattooed a lot uh, by this guy named Ron and I would draw I would drew a couple of them for, for Gritty he got him tattooed by Ron, and then I ended up going and t- getting tattooed by Ron. Um, I didn't. I think he did. I think he did this this Latin across my chest. Okay. Uh, probably going on fifteen years ago or something like that. Twenty years. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we had started talking about an apprenticeship, and one thing led to another, and, and there I was doing my apprenticeship. <laughs> Not too, not too long after that, I was like working at like Rena Center, moving furniture and couches and stuff. Prior to that, so not something that you ever saw yourself doing, and not then really. and then you you found yourself in it. Yeah, I had a tattoo. I think I had, I had like one tattoo, and I was I was designing my own tattoos. Like I, I have my first one that I got on my back is something that I drew uh-huh. for myself, and then the other one, I got on the other shoulder blade, is something I drew for myself. So I, I, I always kind of 
like grasped the concept of, of art and tattoos kind of being similar, but I just never really, it never really crossed my mind for me to do it as a, as a career until we started talking about it. So I feel like maybe the first the first tattoo that you did for me, um, I think you had mentioned that you went to to art school or something I did, for briefly, a while. Briefly, briefly, yeah. Um, I went to University of Arts in Philadelphia. Okay. And I just was not. It was not the time. To yeah. It was right after high school, right into college, and it just wasn't. In hindsight, like uh, I mean, I didn't end up owning a lot because I. I I think I made it into the second semester, and that was it. Okay. Um, so I didn't end up owing a lot in school loans or anything like that. But um, now, I wish I'm like, man, that was such a good school. I wish I would have paid attention and done my work there. Yeah. Because <laughs> the the paintings and stuff and the teachers that are there are amazing. Well, I mean, I, I obviously I've you know been around you a lot and I've seen a, a lot of your work, but you know even the like some of the oil paintings that I've seen you do are yeah. are just amazing. Um, so. So you do the apprenticeship, like how long do you have to, how long does a person typically have to be an apprentice and then how long were you an apprentice before it, you actually started tattooing on, on someone? It varies. I mean, there's, and there's it, apprentice, apprenticeships themselves vary quite a bit. Um, kind of like the old school way of doing an apprenticeship is like they just treat you like garbage and, <laughs> and, and try to make you try to make you leave with your tail between your legs pretty much that's the that's the old school way of doing it they just you have to do all the all the crappy work take out all the garbages go get everybody lunch you don't get paid it's a year long so um, I had to get when I started it was 11 or 12 years ago so I mean I knew how to use Photoshop and stuff a little bit I had a little bit of a graphic design background okay but in tattooing it wasn't really uh, hadn't really made that crossover yet. Everything was still being done by hand. So like the, you know, the shop that I worked at had all the designs all over the wall. Uh-huh. And he would schedule appointments for stuff and I would, tra you know, do the tracings for him. That was pretty much the bulk of my apprenticeship was doing. All his little line drawings, setting him up, tearing him down, cleaning up, taking out the trash, scrubbing tubes, which is like, on a tattoo machine, there, was, there used to be this, it's disposable now. They make these, um, this part, they make these plastic now and you can throw them away. Okay. But these used to be metal, so every time someone would do a tattoo, they would take this part off and they would throw it in a bucket in the back. And that was like the apprentice's job, is you had to go scrub tubes. So it sounds like you did like a lot of non-tattooing. No, non yeah, non-tattooing, just got just roasted every day pretty much <laughs> and you're broke on top of it wow so but I, I, I wanted it like I, I didn't want to I didn't want to give up I think I did like I think I walked out once or twice because I was just like oh I can't I can't take this guy anymore because <laughs> it was it was uh Ron Russo who I'm, who I'm good friends with now and his wife Gina and they're just uh they're they have really strong personalities uh -huh. and sometimes it was just too much and I, I think I did storm out of there once or twice and I was like <laughs> F this, I'm not coming back, and then I always came back. <laughs> so you, my, so like, how does that work? So do you walk in one day and he says, "All right, Ken, you're ready. Like, you can you can tattoo on somebody now." Kind like, of, kind of. I mean, now when I like, I apprenticed my first person, which is Rainy, who's ta she's been tattooing about a year now. And, okay. Uh, she's doing really good, and I tried to do like an apprentice and actually teach her stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like 
mine was just kind of a hazing, and then you got if you got thrown in there, yeah, and you had to figure it out. You know, what I mean, like uh, I think I was tattooing maybe ten or eleven, or I was apprenticing maybe ten or eleven months. I hadn't I hadn't gotten to the full year yet, and uh, there were two brothers that were working at the shop, and uh, I won't say their names just for anonymity, but they started yeah. they started getting into pills really bad. Then next thing they were doing heroin and then stealing money and they got fired. So there was two open booths. I was like during, on the eleventh month of my apprenticeship and he just pretty much said, "Move your stuff in there. You're, you're tattooing now." You wow. know what I mean? Like, so you start out with small, the the, the small stuff that comes in. You know, small uh, black uh, Chinese symbol or something like that. Yeah. And you build from there. But yeah, I just I kind of just got thrown into it one day, by chance, I guess. <laughs> how 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 long did it take you to to realize like I'm actually like really good at this? Oh, I, I, I wasn't because he didn't. I, w- I don't want to say he didn't teach me anything, but he never sat me down and like really like hands on like 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 a teacher should. I feel like uh, so a lot of it I kind of had to figure out by trial and error. Wow! And asking other people that was one good thing about that shop. Is they always had like a revolving door of guest artists, world class uh-huh. guest artists, and most of those guys are really nice. Um, and you know they they've all been apprentices before, so I would sit there and stare at them and watch them tattoo and ask them questions, and they would help me. And that's kind of how I figured it out. But I I didn't. I don't think I felt. Well, I don't think I. I don't think anybody that's really good at, t- at tattooing or art in general really ever feels a hundred percent good about their own work I can I can understand but, that uh, it took me probably five years wow. before I was like comfortable I'm tattooing like I was scared I was like nervous anxiety every tattoo like sometimes I would have to go in the bathroom and close the door and just like, <gasps> like wow. just to do it just to do a simple tattoo because I just I didn't want to mess up you know what I mean it's so permanent and, it, and the person sitting there watching you do it it's it's it can get really stressful in your mind like you know you think like oh my god this person thinks I'm doing horrible and then you know lo and behold 10 minutes later when it's done they're like oh I love it you know what I mean yeah. like it's really a mental battle a lot of it is but in the beginning yeah, I was scared for for the first couple of years I think for every tattoo I can I can totally relate to that for a number of reasons one I cut my son's hair um, yeah. and I guess I've gotten kind of good at it. I mean, people have said, oh, you know, you do a really good job. Mm-hmm. But every time, I've been cutting his hair for years, and every time I cut it, I, I feel the yeah. same way yeah. because I don't want to mess up. <laughs> um, but, I mean, haircuts are a lot different because yeah. if, if I mess up, I can just cut it all off and it'll grow back. But, you know, yeah. tattoos are a totally different yeah. ballpark. Yeah. Um, Still, you don't want to be walking around with a bus haircut. <laughs> right. At least a month, you have to rock a, a sad haircut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then I can also relate to, um, oh, you said something about uh, drawing or, oh, artists not uh, always being, yeah. like, feeling like they're, they've are they done great work. Yeah. Like, I've you know, gotten into, um, you know, done, done stuff on Photoshop and I've created some designs for some marketing pieces at work. And there will be times when I'm finished with it, and I feel like there's just more that I can do. But then I show it to someone else, and they think it's great. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it could be better. Yeah. So I can I can yeah. definitely relate uh, I mean, to that. That's just something in people's personality. Some people just really are critical of themselves. I know I I am really critical of, of my art or anything in general. Really. Yeah. Uh, 
but that just I, I, I've noticed that um, uh, among a lot of really uh, really some of the best tattoo artists is they're all pretty pretty hard on themselves pretty critical of, of their work well I, I can you know like I said in the beginning I can I can vouch for your your work I mean yeah. I uh, just a, a quick side story so I ended up um, when I was looking to get my first tattoo um, I wanted to get a portrait done and um, portraits are not easy. I've seen people with some great ones and some not so great ones, and I really bad ones. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I remember. I won't say a person. Well, there's just someone I know that they got a, a portrait of uh, of a parent, and <laughs> it looked like <laughs> it looked like uh, you know like a little kid yeah. drew it. Like that's how bad yeah. the tap was, and and they they told me where they went, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to that place. Um, <laughs> And I, so, I you know, think it's I, so funny to see bad portrait. I, don't oh, know. I feel bad for the person that got it. Me but too. It's just so funny to look at a bad portrait for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. yeah. <laughs> so I did a ton of research. You know, I wanted to. I wanted to get. Uh, as if you guys know, you know, I have uh, portraits of you know my kids on me, but I looked for quite a while uh, for an artist, and I ended up finding uh, Ken on Facebook, um, and I. Um, I don't even. I don't know exactly how I came across uh, your your page or the the old shop. I forgot what the old shop was called. Um, Voodoo. Voodoo. That's Voodoo, right. Um, but I found that that Facebook page, and I think there were like three artists at that time that yeah. were in that shop. But you know, I was looking at each each artist's work, and then I found Ken's work, and I was like, these portraits are amazing. And I started <laughs> showing them to people, and they were like, yeah, that's that's who you need to go see. So um, this was like maybe seven and a half years ago. Yeah, this is um, a while ago. And so I went in uh, to the shop and talked to Ken, and I was like, "Can you do this?" Um, and he was like, "Yeah, I can do that." And I, um, and at this time, it was a lot easier to get in with him. Uh, I think I went. I'm, I don't know the exact day, but I'm just gonna say like I went in on like a Wednesday, and he was like, "All right, uh, Wednesday or Thursday," and he was like, "All right, come in on Monday." Like yeah. it was it was that easy yeah. uh, to get a to get an appointment with you back then. But um, but all that to say, yeah, not everyone is is as uh, talented or, or capable to do that kind of um of artwork i drew a lot of portraits and stuff before i started tattooing like they have you do that a lot in art classes and stuff but drawing from life and drawing the human body is uh -huh. just one of the most challenging things in general but I, I i i did that a lot before i ever picked up a tattoo machine like mm -hmm. i would draw um, i don't know michael jordan or uh, just any anybody I would do pencil drawings of Jimi Hendrix or so I, I kind of had a, a grounding in, in portraits and, okay. and human anatomy and face and stuff like that so I think that that paid off in the long run definitely definitely so if you guys are ever looking for a portrait like this is the person to go see which it that always you know baffles me too like Bloomsburg Pennsylvania of all places like how did you know and again, in my opinion, the best tattoo artist, the best uh, artist that can that can do portraits. Like, how did you end up in in Bloomsburg of all places? Um, I'm from York originally. So I left York at about right. It was shortly after I had my stint in art school. Okay. I left uh, York and I moved up to Wilkes-Barre. I didn't really know anything about Wilkes-Barre, but I had two for two close friends that were living there, and. Uh, they had a whole house, and I was going to go live, it was the three of us were going to live in this house, and it was in South Wilkes-Barre, and um, 
I, uh, I don't think we ended up, like, we, we ended up, we were going to all play together, because the one guy played drums, and one guy, one guy played guitar, and I played guitar, and we were going to, I don't know, live in this house together and start a band or something, but it, that fell apart really quickly. But anyway, I ended up in Wilkes-Barre, and that's where I did the apprenticeship. Okay. And then uh, moved back to York briefly after working at 570 for like three years. After working in Wilkes-Barre for like three years, I moved back to York, back home, um, for six months maybe. And then I got a phone call. I knew Justin Lynn, okay. who had owned a shop in town here before called Rat Rod. This is like... 15 years ago maybe okay maybe longer it's what became Stormy Steel then gotcha um which is now a different name yeah I think. but he sold them that shop moved to Florida okay and then he wanted to come back but he like didn't want to go he had a falling out with those people okay. so he said he called me up one day and said I'm, I'm moving back to Bloomsburg and open, open a tattoo shop would you be interested I'll give you this percentage that blah blah so that's kind of the thing about tattooing is you can if 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 you have a strong portfolio and uh, and a good work ethic you could really go pretty much anywhere and stay busy for the most part. Yeah. You know what I mean? People, I don't, I don't think it's just in tattooing, but there's a lot of like flakiness. Like people won't show up, or people just disappear or move mm. to a different shop, or uh, people leave deposits and then they won't. You know just a lot of so I, I found just just showing up to work every day and doing you know the best that you could and doing a, a, a good tattoo every day like I started to build clientele quickly I don't think I've been I don't think I've been you know slow ever since I came to Bloomsburg wow and that's that was probably about shortly before I tattooed you eight okay. years eight years ago I want to say something like that so like how does a person I mean this is you. I don't even know if you can answer this but like who leaves a deposit and just doesn't come back to get the get the work done like um that, that happens quite a bit wow. um so i think some people maybe just get cold feet mm. uh, i don't deal with it as much as i used to you deal with it a lot like when the person comes in they're like you know i'm gonna come down on friday and a lot of these guys take smaller deposits they take you know 20 or 40 dollar deposits because the tattoo itself is only going to be 60 or 100 bucks and um a couple of years ago, I started taking a hundred dollar deposit, so that kind of deters people from just not showing up. Right. Which I, I don't mind if someone uh, calls and reschedules; they don't lose their deposit. But if I, you know, do all this prep work before the tattoo, and and then they just I'm sitting here waiting for them, and they're not here. Yeah. That I keep the deposit. You know. What I mean? Yeah, that makes <laughs> to sense. Compensate for the work, but uh, uh, it doesn't happen as much anymore as it used to. Usually, when people <laughs> have an appointment with me, they usually show up. Uh, there's a guy I know that tattoos in um, Annapolis, Annapolis, Maryland. His name's Perry. Uh, at a shop called Lucky Bird. Uh -huh. It's a really, really great shop. But he, uh, I believe, he takes a seven hundred dollar deposit. Wow! And he had a guy that set up three appointments, set up three separate times, set up appointments with him, didn't follow through, canceled the appointment. And Perry's the nicest guy in the world. Like he, but he'll just say, "Hey, man, like." I, I got rules here. I got to keep the deposit. And right. So the guy ended up giving him like twenty one hundred dollars and getting zero tattoos. You know. <laughs> That's crazy. Yes. But Perry like draws. He'll draw a full sleeve for somebody before, before their appointment. Yeah. So he's putting tens and twenty 
40 hours into the end work. work so the $700 kind of covers the work I guess yeah so let's let's talk about the business side of, of tattooing a little bit so Ken is not just the an artist in this shop he's actually the owner yeah. um, of Invicta Tattoo here in Bloomsburg so can you talk a little bit about how you went from you know being an artist uh, when it was voodoo tattoo and then uh, becoming the owner of what is now Invicta. It's been a it's been a rocky road. <laughs> I know you know a little bit, but it's been a. Well, Justin wanted to move back to Florida again after a couple of years. So, uh, and this happens a lot in tattooing. Like people will just uh, people get fed up with whoever the owner is, and they'll just say we're leaving and we're going to open up our own shop. And that's yeah. kind of what happened. There were some guys that were working up at Voodoo with me. They went, they they for some reason or another they didn't get along with Justin anymore. They wanted to go open their own shop. They wanted me to come with them because I had the bulk of the clientele. And uh, so they left. They rent leased a place and left. And I was like unsure which way I was gonna go. And I talked to Justin on the phone and. Um, uh, he agreed that he would sell me the shop in a year. He just wanted to live in Florida for a year. Yeah. Um, still collect, you know, uh, ownership money from the shop for a year, and then he would sell it to me at a set price. And uh, so I brought Gritty was working in Stroudsburg at the time, and it was always our dream to to open a shop together. Uh huh. So he moved down from Stroudsburg, so it was just me and him in the, in, in Voodoo for the last year before it became Invicta, and then. After that year was up in July, we bought the shop and it became Invicta. So I know in, um, like in the, I guess the hair industry, is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you'll have someone that owns a, like a barber shop or, or a salon yeah. and, you know, they'll rent out booths or rent out spaces to the other, um, to other, um, hairstylists. Yeah. I'm guessing tattoo is tattooing is, is it's, very similar. It's similar. Um, usually, the standard is like percentages. Okay. Um, like when I started tattooing at five seven zero, if I did it, it was fifty fifty. So if I did a hundred dollar tattoo, I took fifty bucks home and I give fifty bucks to the shop. Which okay. Is, uh, it's kind of steep, I guess. I don't. I don't know. The, that was that was the standard back then. It was fifty fifty. Okay. Um. And then when I open a shop, I'm not the greatest businessman. I have too big of a heart, I think, to be. So I always give my guys like sixty percent and seventy percent, and so you, you don't you don't actually make as uh, as much money as you would think. Like when all the costs and everything come off of that, the price that you're paying for the tattoo, like it's really uh, not you know as outrageous of a price. You know, some people say five hundred dollars for a tattoo. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's a lot of money, but you know, we buy all of our own supplies, and uh, you know, I don't have health insurance. I don't have four hundred one k. I don't have any of that stuff. So all that factors into you know that that and that cost of the tattoo. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably don't even yeah know that or even realize that. I I bring people back now. Like sometimes if I I I you know when I'm setting up like the person sits up front sometimes for an hour or more. Because I, I have to do all this stuff to prep for the tattoo. Right. Um, I just started bringing people back and having them sit here so they could see everything that goes into it. Because you have to set up a sterile workstation and you have to you know make a perfect stencil and uh, 
a lot of stuff goes into to just getting ready to tattoo. Right. So um, it's hard, man. It's it's tattooing is just is the hardest thing I ever did by far. Like it's the hardest medium I ever worked with, art wise, uh-huh. and just uh, in general, it's just it's hard. So when a when a new artist comes to you know, like, how does that work? Do you um, do you post on social media that you know looking for a new artist in the shop, or you know how do how do artists end up coming to you? That's that's usually really hard to find a good good people to work with. Um, they're kind of few and far between, and usually the people that you want, the people that you know are, are uh, reliable guys. They come in every day and do their work. They usually stay put at, at whatever shop they're at. They don't. Yeah. So when I put up an ad that we're looking for a guy, usually the people that responded are the people that bounce from shop to shop to shop to shop to shop to shop. And there's usually a reason for that. Right. You know what I mean? It's either drugs or uh, they have bad customer service or they're not doing the greatest tattoos. So it is really difficult. Like I, I, I hesitate every time I when we're talking about hiring somebody and they're like, well, let's throw something up on Facebook. I'm like, I don't know if I want to, cause it's just, I don't think I've ever thrown, thrown up on Facebook that we were hiring and like a person walked through the door that was like amazing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I have, I have some friends that have their own shops and stuff like that. If they close their shop down, they would be here in a heartbeat because their work ethic and they're just good guys. But those guys, like I said, they stay put. The guys, that, the guys that bounce around a lot and the guys that respond to those, you know, hiring ads are usually, uh, they usually turn out to be more of a headache than, mm. than, than it's worth because they usually only last a couple months, if that. Well, the, the As you were saying about the chair rent and stuff, um, I, I, well, I don't want to get into what happened with, you know the business you know a year or two ago but I kind of restructured everything um because that old model of the tattoo shop of you know collecting a percentage from each artist is kind of falling that's becoming outdated almost okay um, because I was handling my own workload which was you know tons of emails every day getting designs ready every day tattooing six days a week um and that's a 50, 60 hour job. Yeah, it's just, a lot of work just, just for uh, you. Just that part of it. And then just trying to run a business on top of it is just, it was too much. So um, I think me and Gritty were both just worn down after a couple of years of doing it. And uh, so he, la- he left and I was going to close. I was like, I had my mind made up that I was closing down the shop. Really? I was just like, I just don't want to do the business thing anymore. I just want to focus on my tattoos. Go work for somebody else and let them handle the business out right. of it. And uh, I don't know what I just had an epiphany, or I, I'd always ha- had it in the back of my mind because I knew that some artists, some shops do chair rent, and uh, so I just figured out what the monthly cost was here as far as like supplies and rent and utilities, and we have six artists in here now, including, in- including you. me. Okay, and I pay in. Everybody pays in the same amount. We all pay in the same chair rent every month. And we have a, a monthly uh, shop meeting where we divide up all the responsibilities. So it okay. doesn't, it's not all falling on me anymore. That's good. And uh, everything has been going a lot smoother. A lot smoother. 
So I'm glad I didn't shut the shop down. Me too. Because <laughs> I still need more work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how do you how do you stay competitive? Um, I can think of at least four other shops here in Bloomsburg, and we're not, you know, this is a really small town. Yeah. We're not like, you know, spread out like, like a Philadelphia or New York City where, you know, yeah. you can go, we can have tons and tons of, of shops. Um, how do you stay competitive and how do you, I mean, physically when I see the place, I see yeah. how it's different from the other ones, but how do you stay competitive uh, with those other shops in town? That's, um, I think at one point there was, like maybe like three or four years ago I think there was like seven tattoo shops in Bloomsburg which, yeah, which is were a lot. kind of a lot but um, that's anywhere really like if you go to York which is a bigger city obviously but like my hometown of York has I want to say 40 tattoo shops wow. Wilkes-Barre probably has about 30 tattoo shops Scranton probably has about 30 or 40 tattoo shops like yeah, really? they, they've, they've exploded like there's just and a part of the reason is because Pennsylvania is one of the last states where there is zero uh, laws, regulations, anything to do with tattooing. Mm. So I could give you a machine right now and you could go open up tomorrow and tattoo people. With no, no, no with, training, and no, no one's going to say nothing no to you. No one's anything. going to say anything to you about it. You wow. know what I mean? So that's why a lot of shops pop up in Pennsylvania. But um, I think we're down to it's us, uh, Keystone, and Elmer. And Gritty's, I know, the, Gritty's it, it, it is private studio, so uh, that's actually pretty, s- not not over overcrowded. Is highbrow closed. Highbrow's closed. Okay. Yeah, highbrow's gone. It changed its name to Black Rose, or it changed its name to Iconic, then it changed its name to Black Rose, and then it closed down. And then it's far beyond. Are they still open? No, nope, that's okay. gone too. They moved to Williamsport. So okay. it's just it's just uh, three of us now in Gritty at his private studio. So okay. that's that. That's actually not not especially when the college is in like there's there's plenty of work to go around for everybody but as far as like staying competitive i just i always was i say let the work do do the talking you know what i mean like makes sense it's 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 real important to stay on top of social media i do know that like you want to post stay relevant and post you know work that you're doing or um you know keep people interested and let people see it progress I, i utilize facebook and instagram a lot um, to get work have the like I remember I guess in the can't even really say old days because it wasn't that long ago but I remember a lot of shops would have like the portfolio yeah, books we, yeah, we still do you still them. do that or do you we mostly? still have them we still have them up there I haven't updated mine I'm overdue to update mine for like three years because <laughs> I just haven't gotten around to doing it I do like having like a physical copy of a portfolio in case people come in and they want to flip through them yeah but uh but I guess with social media, social uh, you know, media Instagram, yeah. you can literally see like in yeah. real time what people are, yep, are and doing. Yeah, and then they can email me and we can go right from there. Because I do pretty much all of my setting up. Like I don't I don't even meet with the person usually beforehand. Yeah. Like, uh, they'll email me what they want to get. We'll go back and forth a couple of times. I'll explain the whole process to them. And, uh, and then they'll call down and schedule and I'll see them, you know, a couple of months later on the appointment date. So, um People don't even have to come in the shop anymore, you know, to, to set anything up or yeah. to, to look at. But I, I, it is, a lot of people don't look at portfolios, and I think that's, uh, I mean, that's a huge mistake, I think. <laughs> yeah. To walk into a shop and not look at portfolios and, and, and not uh, know, you know, who's, who's about to tattoo you. 
I um I read something not too long ago it and it was talking about just the the tattoo um, industry I think the report said you know it's a billion dollar industry now and there's over 22,000 uh, shops uh, in the in the United States like where do you see I believe it. Uh, the tattoo industry going I don't know I mean it, it did definitely explode um, I came I started I think 11 years ago 10 or 11 years ago and it was like I said it was kind of I mean, it's all, tattooing's always changing, but I was like right on the cusp of technology and Photoshop coming into tattooing, and uh, color color portraits were just starting to become like a, a thing, like no one had done them previously. Um, so those were starting to to blow up. So you're starting to see guys do like you know really, really realistic like color portraits and uh, even black and gray portraits. I think the quality of work is just continues to go up. Yeah. You know, year by year. I can, if I, I think it's impossible to have a, a big ego, ego in tattooing because I can look at my Instagram and there's just so many people doing incredible, incredible mind blowing stuff that blows me out of the water. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't, uh, I can't get a big ego because I'll look at that thing and I'll just be like, man, I got a lot of work to do. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a, there's a lot of great artists out there, but again, in, in my opinion, you know, you're, you're right there with them. Um, I was watching something on ESPN uh, about a week or two ago, maybe two weeks ago, and I can't remember this guy's name, but he's become like the go-to tattoo artist for NBA players. Like they talked about how Kevin Durant. Mr. Cartoon. Is that who it was? Who was it? Mr. Cartoon. Maybe that might have been. There's a guy named Mr. Cartoon that used to tattoo a lot of a lot of famous people. Yeah, um, that that might be it. I should have saved it so I could send it to you. But yeah, like Kevin Durant flew yeah. him out uh, to go on vacation with him, and um, he's done yeah. a ton of of NBA. Uh, I need to players. get in with that niche. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, that'll be uh that that'll be a nice. Um, a nice nice way to go I'd hate to to lose you though um but uh but what was I going to ask you tattoo oh and then obviously you got uh you know tattoo uh, artists that have reality shows and yeah. things like that yeah um I never watched one of them I watched uh was one show I watched Miami Inc once because, okay because there was a guy on there named Tim Hendricks that I liked a lot but uh that was like 15 years ago or something I never watched yeah. never watched a single episode of Ink Master it's not yeah, because that's, that's show it's not because I boycott it it's just like I tattoo all day I, don't, I just don't want to go home and watch like a dramatized right. version of what I just right. did all day right <laughs> well speaking of tattooing all day like what is a what's a typical day look like um, for you um t- like as far as tattoo time like I run a timer while while the machine is going um because that's how I do my pricing but um by uh, by the hour by, by the hour yeah okay. so I run like as soon as the ma- the machine starts going the the meter starts going it's like a taxi oh, okay. taxi cab meter but uh I uh I usually tattoo between I have one I have one appointment a day cuz I'm usually doing big work like a sleeve or a back piece multiple sitting stuff and uh a sitting will be anywhere between like 4 to 6 7 hours wow something like that somewhere around there and, and I'm doing an hour or two of prep work beforehand and then you know an hour cleaning up afterwards so there's a lot that goes into it all right well that makes sense kind of gives people a behind the scenes look into 
you know, what goes on and the kind of prep work that takes place. Well, I just got a few more questions for you. Sure. Um, has there ever been a time where you refused to tattoo someone? Oh, yeah. Um, I was taught at the, sh the shop that I started. I mean, I, I don't do racist tattoos or gang tattoos or anything like that. Yeah. You just don't want to, you don't want to be associated with, with that. Because yeah. once you do one, then you become known for that, you know what I mean? Right. People, people start coming to, in, to you for that. So I've turned people away first, you know, swastikas and just, uh, I don't even know why you would come in and ask for something like that in the first place. Right. <laughs> I don't know if, if, if you thought I'd be cool with it or whatever, but I've turned quite a few people away um, for reasons of subject matter. And sometimes I'll, I'll turn people away if it's just like, an 18 year old kid and he has no tattoos and he wants to get his whole throat done or something and it's like no you yeah know, someone else and I'm sure you can find someone else to do it for him but I, I don't want to be the one to do it you right. know what I mean like he doesn't know what he's going to be doing in life he has no other tattoos that's that's something that's I think is more reserved for once you know start getting heavily tattooed right do uh do people ever get upset like you know or question like why won't you do this tattoo or anything like that I mean I think the the dude that wanted a swastika on his hand I was like you're not you're not gonna do it and I was like no <laughs> and that and that was that pretty much but uh, I mean people people get upset about just about anything it seems like I don't know but I, I do I turn I turn all the work away now um, not on basis of, of stuff like that but like uh, I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm kind of um, picking and choosing yeah. what I do because I would rather be booked out, you know, two or three months with stuff that that I enjoy doing as opposed to you know a year and a half of everything. Right. Know? I'm trying to hone it in a little bit more and do more of the stuff that I want to do. Okay. Um, so I have been turning people away, and it's really hard to find like a nice way to say like I'm not really interested in doing that. Yeah. But I'm I'm working on it. Uh, some people get mad some people don't I don't know <laughs> do do people ever try to negotiate uh, tattoo prices like they're like they're going to buy a car I, or something I, I don't like there's a sign out front that says no haggling like I try to make it pretty clear like that's another thing like when I I'll go through those periods where I'm not scheduling at all and then I'll come and then I'll start scheduling again and each time that I do that I feel like I improve upon the 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 responses that I'm giving, like I explain the full process, so there's no question as right. far as like what the price is going to be, you know how long how long of a day it's going to be, what they can expect. But um, it is really hard to give like an accurate price on like if someone says how much is a sleeve, you know what I mean? It's like how much is a bag of groceries? It's just, it, it depends. You <laughs> I mean, know yeah, I mean? that it, makes it, sense. It, it, could, it could be all over the place, but. Uh, I think some people think that you're trying to rip them off. I think. I yeah. I don't know. I, I just want to get paid what what the, what I'm worth, and I know a lot, a lot of work goes into it. Yeah, so. I like even before I got my first tattoo, like there were just things that I didn't know. Um, you know, obviously about you know we talked about the preparation and things like that, but um, and I've seen you know I've been in your booth when you are preparing mine, so I, I've seen it firsthand. Yeah. But I think a lot of people think. You know, you can just walk in, get a tattoo, and then and then walk out. You yeah. know, maybe some of that comes from like tattoo parties and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Where it's not as 
intensive of preparation. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, what are some other things that you think are, or maybe some misconceptions about tattoos that people just don't understand? You have to explain that to them when when you're meeting with them, or I think time, like people, especially the TV shows. I mean, um, it's cool that the TV shows have brought it, you know, more mainstream. I think that's cool that you know people are more accepting of it and um, I think I read an article one time they found like uh, a ice a guy buried in the ice like a ancient man and he had tattoos on him like it's it's something that's been going on for tens of thousands of years so yeah. I don't see it going anywhere but it has like it's, it's become huge the past ten years you know everybody has tattoos now. for sure um, but uh I don't, I don't see it going away. I mean, maybe it'll, maybe it'll die off a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or maybe, maybe the, you know, as opposed to there being 10 shops in every town, there'll only be two or three, which would probably be a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Because there are a lot of people that are tattooing that probably shouldn't be tattooing. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while and I don't really follow any of those people on social media anymore, but I, I definitely remember seeing friends in like the, the earlier days of Instagram where like, yeah. you know, my having a tattoo party at my house, yes. you know, come and get whatever you want. $50. Yeah. Like, it's usually a bad idea. I saw, I don't know if you had that in your shop or if I saw it somewhere else, but it was like, Good tattoos aren't cheap, and yeah. cha- cheap tattoos aren't good, yeah, or something along those lines. Little, I don't know if it's actual quote by him, but they always quote it to Sailor, Sailor Jerry, who was like a uh, American tattooer in the fifties and sixties, and uh, he's kind of like one of the one of the godfathers of American traditional tattooing. But that was a quote by him: "Is good tattoos aren't cheap, and cheap tattoos aren't good." Yeah. Yeah, you. Uh, I've certainly seen people that that got exactly what they paid for. Yeah, both oh yeah. For, in, oh yeah. In a good way and in a, in yeah. a bad way. Yeah, because I've seen people haggle too, and, and and the person will say, "All right, I'll do it. I'll do it for. I'll do it for less." And they they do it for less. Yeah. And they put less into it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I mean, I feel like if you want to. I mean, it's permanent. It's, you you buy a car for thirty thousand. It's gonna it's gonna last you twenty years. Right. Know? Tattoo, it's gonna, you know, a sleeve costs a couple thousand dollars, but it's gonna be there for the rest of your life. Right. Well, um, I, I thank you again for taking the time out to to meet with me and uh, and shed some light on the tattoo industry. <laughs> um, can you uh, you want to like plug your Facebook or your your Instagram so that people want to check out your work and um, schedule sure. an appointment with you? Sure. Well, I'm Ken Kyle K I L E. Um, my Instagram is Ken Kyle Tattoo. My Facebook or my Facebook is also Facebook Ken Kyle Tattoo. Okay. Um, and the shop is Invicta Tattoo. I N V I C T A. And uh, there's also a, a Invicta Instagram um, and an Invicta Facebook page. Okay. And that's pretty much all. Like people call about setting up websites and stuff for us all the time, and we did we did do that briefly. Through a through a third party company, but I, we draw I'd say ninety percent of our work from social media between I, Instagram and Facebook. Like you don't really have to do anything. Yeah, it's free advertising. As long I as mean. you're posting stuff up on there that you're doing work and people are seeing it, right? It, it, people will come in. I don't know. That's just been my experience. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, I do have one more question. So you kind of mentioned this earlier. Um, you talked about drawing like Venom and and uh, yeah. Carnage. Um, 
this has really nothing to do with with tattooing or the tattoo business but um are you looking forward to any any movies uh coming up uh um, are you are you still into marvel do you uh i i'm not as into it as i used to be like uh i loved um the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, the, okay. the last three Batman movies, yeah. I thought were so well done. But that's just because I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan and any of the movies that guy does. But uh, I haven't watched any of the X Men movies. Uh, what about the Avengers? I haven't watched any of the Avenger movies. I watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I okay. like that a lot. So I do. I do. I love. The, I lo- I appreciate comic book art. And uh, there's a book by. Um, uh, Alex Alex Ross, I think his name is. He's one of the most famous uh, comic book artists in the world. Okay. He, uh, that book is is really helpful to draw. You know, com- anatomy the way that that they do in comic books. There's definitely a a style there that they could transfer over into tattooing. Um, but yeah, I, I still do. I appreciate it. But, uh, you know, the comic books and the art that goes into it. I think that stuff's awesome. Well, if, if, you, if I wasn't doing something like this, I would want to be doing something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, if you haven't seen the uh, the Venom movie that came out I last year, you, I, sh- you should definitely see it. I, do, I was. Uh, I do like Tom Hardy. Venom was my was one of my favorite comic book characters yeah. growing up, and so I couldn't wait for that movie. Yeah. Um, Spider Man was another one, so I'm definitely looking forward to the to the new Spider Man movie. Yeah. But Venom um, was always one of my favorites to draw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Venom and Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine was another another one of my favorites. I um I read recently that uh, you know it's going back to the Batman thing for a little bit. I didn't uh, I didn't really like Ben Affleck in, in no, that Batman no, role. Really um, and now I read that he's not even uh, he's not going to continue with no, the Batman not. character. So that's one of the I mean you know not to dive too deep into the comic book thing, but uh, you know that's one of the reasons that I've always liked Marvel better than like DC uh, comics. You know. Uh, well, just their I like their characters better, yeah. but then uh, what they've done with the with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how they've tied yeah. all the movies in, you know, I, I would have liked to seen uh, more continuity. Yeah. With the with the DC. Yeah, uh, I don't really know and, too much else about DC other than Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like and and I do I I, I like Batman. I like um, like the dark gritty. Uh, What's the what's that one? I have a copy of it somewhere that it's uh one of the most famous comic books. It's like the Dark Knight Returns or the Dark Knight or something like that. And that's what kind of what those movies were were based off of. But uh, so I do I love those DC comics. But growing up, Marvel was where it's at. You yeah, know what I mean like yeah, the the '90s uh, TV show. I I would still sit and watch that today for yeah. hours. I, I just love that show. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks again, Ken. Um, I I appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you learned something new um, about tattooing and the the tattoo industry. industry, uh, Can't talk this afternoon. Tattoo industry. Um, And uh, we'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks, sir. Thanks.